Is your happiness in life tied to the things you own? We're constantly told that satisfaction is only a purchase away. Today, what God says about possessions and the trap that keeps us from God's greater meaning and purpose for our lives. Stay tuned. We view ourselves in light of what we have, what we wear, what we possess, what we drive, what we live in, and oftentimes we allow that to identify our worth. Welcome to Bold Steps with Mark Job, President of Moody Bible Institute and Senior Pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. Let me ask you, were you happy with your smartphone a month ago, but now you're seeing that latest model being advertised and you feel like maybe you're being left behind? Well, I think there's a natural sense, Mark, to uh, have a sense of desire for something we don't have, but there's a greater meaning and purpose behind this, isn't there? <laughs> there is, Wayne, and we all know the feeling of hey, I have this, but when someone shows us something else and kind of tells us if you don't have this, you're probably being left behind or being left out, we start to believe that we will be discontent unless we possess it. Yeah, we make it our self-worth. Absolutely. And that's really the essence of the possession trap. The possession trap lures us into thinking that our identity and happiness will be changed once we own it. So we are going to talk about the possession trap today. Now, last time we talked about the pleasure trap, part of our identity theft series, but today we move on to the possession trap. And if you missed any recent broadcast, visit boldstepsradio.org anytime to listen. So with part one of the possession trap, here's Mark Job with today's Bold Steps. Luke chapter four, we're going to read verse five of Luke chapter four. It says, the devil led him up to a high place And showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor, for it has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want to. So if you worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Now, if you notice, the devil is tempting Jesus by showing him something that he doesn't have and basically saying, if you had this, you would be somebody. Boy, don't all of us live in that world? Uh, don't you experience the temptation of trying to measure people by what they have and how they dress and what car they drive and what house they live in? Uh, don't we tend to label people like that? And don't you actually tend to define your identity sometimes that way? Uh, sometimes it's, it's your possessions, it's your what you drive or where you live or what clothes you have on that try to identify or define your worth or your value. I remember years and years ago when I had first started pastoring the church, I was just gotten married. I was probably 21, 22 years old, and uh, I was really poor uh, because the church was very small at that time. And and uh, my salary was $8,000 a year, and I was driving a beat-up car and, and living in a, 
in sort of a borrowed, rented place. And uh, I ran into a guy that was a friend of a friend, and he wanted to do something nice. And so he invited my wife and I to go down to Florida. And he had a condo in Clearwater right on the beach in a very wealthy area. And I remember driving, uh, flying there, and it was so nice to be down there. Uh, We couldn't afford it, but he laid it out for free for us. And then when we got down there, I was trying to figure out how we were going to drive around. And he said, and by the way, you see that yellow Corvette uh, rebuilt 1996 convertible? Here's the keys. You can drive that. I remember thinking, oh, really? So I got in the car, put my wife in the car, and we started driving around in this nice yellow convertible Corvette. And there's just something about being in that car that made me feel a little bit like, oh, you know, I'm not just driving like this, now I'm kind of driving like this. (laughs) Other Corvette drivers come down the road, I'm just kind of, you know... And it was just something because you're in that car and all of a sudden, suddenly you feel a little bit different like, whoa, hey, I'm the same guy, I have the same salary, but you know, you put yourself in this fancy car and it, it boosts you up a little bit. It's like, whoa, I'm driving some really nice wheels. But you know, we do that all the time, don't we? I mean, how many of you ladies, if you were to be honest with me, when you're having a bad day, you're a little down, you're a little out, maybe things aren't going well at work, or maybe your husband's not behaving the way he should, and you're feeling a little gloomy, and you just have this incredible urge to shop. I I don't know what it is, but I, I need to go shopping, like now. And so you go into that department store, your favorite department store, and you find, yeah, those shoes. And you find those shoes that you really, boy, these are nice. It doesn't matter that you have 25 pairs already in your closet, but you know, you really need these shoes. And when you put them on, in fact, you don't even wait till you go, you go in the dressing room and you put them on and you carry your old shoes in the box <laughs> because you can't wait to put them on. And isn't it true that you just feel a little bit better about yourself? You know, you were a little gloomy, but now you're like, hey, I kind of feel good now. Why? Hey, check out these new shoes. Man, these are nice shoes. And it just kind of boosts you up. Why? It's this whole possessions trap because oftentimes we view ourselves in light of what we have, what we wear, what we possess, what we drive, what we live in. And oftentimes we allow that to identify our worth. Well, here's what you need to know about the possessions trap. You see, the first thing in understanding this trap, the first thing I want you to jot down and note is this. Uh, The possessions trap, this trap always starts by exposing us to what we don't have and creating a discontentment with our present identity and circumstances. You see, the way this trap grabs us is it typically exposes us to what we don't have. And here's the big word, discontentment. How is discontentment created in our lives? Well, 
Have you ever noticed that you'll be content with something until you see someone with something better than what you have and then suddenly you don't like what you have? I mean, your son is fine with the piece of cake that you give him, but when he sees his brother's piece of cake that's a little bit bigger, suddenly he doesn't like this piece. I mean, you loved your mini iPod when you got it. You loaded down your songs and you just thought, this thing is great. I love this mini iPod. And then your cousin got the Nano. And you're like, this old big clunky thing. This is so yesterday. Man, that little slim, silver, black Nano. I mean, that's today. I, I need that. I don't like this thing. I don't even think it plays that well anymore can't fit it. It's so clunky. It's big. Why? Hey, you were happy with it until you saw someone else with something a little nicer, a little better, a little pricier, and then suddenly the seeds of discontentment set into your life. Isn't that the way it works? I mean, we're like the little girl who was really happy. She would lose a few of her teeth and put her teeth under the pillow, and then the next day she'd end up with two dollars And she loved the tooth fairy. But then she went to visit her friend's house. And she discovered that her friend, when she put a tooth under the pillow, she would wake up in the morning and find $10 there. So she went to the mother and said, Excuse me, could could you give my, my mother the number to your tooth fairy? You know, we're happy with what we get until we see something that exposes us to something a little bit better, and then it creates a seed of discontentment in our life because we look at what we have and we say, I want something more. You see, the temptation with Jesus, it says that the devil led him up to a high place, and he showed him at an instant all the kingdoms of the world. He said, look at all this. You don't have it. I have it. But I can give it to you. You say, well, what do you mean the devil had it? Well, he's exposing him to something that, remember, it was at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. So someone, most people hadn't even heard of Jesus at the time. At that time, someone could have said, well, Jesus is just a marginalized Galilean peasant. He's not much more than that. And and the devil is saying, you see all this? This is what belongs to you. This is what you should have. This is your right to have. I mean, aren't you the Messiah? Aren't you the chosen one? Listen, look at all this that I possess. This should be yours, but you see right now, you don't have it. That's called discontentment. We all struggle with it, but it's the whole idea of creating a sense of desiring something that we don't have. Uh, Recently, I read that the New York Times posted a survey, and they said that each American is exposed to 3,500 desire-inducing advertisements every day, promising us that satisfaction is just one more purchase away. 
Every day, the average of us, we're exposed to 3,500 advertisements, images, audio, visual messages telling us that we need something else to make us happy. Man, if you don't get that shampoo, it's just like, you know, you're not, it's, you're not going to be quite satisfied with life. And if you get that deodorant, guess what? You put that deodorant on, lift your arm, and boom, there appears a girl. <laughs> Advertisement selling us, you can be somebody. You can really be somebody. Man, if you get this, you can be popular. If you get this toy, this item, uh, this Uh, line of clothing, then you really will, now you're a nobody. But if you get that, boy, you're going to be a somebody. And really what they're selling is value and worth and identity. They're tapping into one of the greatest, deepest longings of every individual. I want to be somebody. We're talking about the trap of letting our possessions take over the focus of our lives and allowing things to define who we are. Mark Job is our teacher, and we'll return to the message in just a moment. First, we want to remind you that you can easily access these messages anytime by going online to boldstepsradio.org. Or listen through your smart speakers at home or in the office by following these commands with Alexa. Alexa, enable Moody Radio. Alexa, open Moody Radio, and Alexa, play Bold Steps from Moody Radio. Bold Steps with Dr. Mark Job from Moody Radio. You can also listen while you're out on the go by subscribing to our podcast. Just go to your podcast app, search for Bold Steps with Dr. Mark Job, or listen through the popular Moody Radio app. For more details on any of these listening options, just visit our website. Again, that's boldstepsradio.org. And while you're there, feel free to share any questions or encouraging comments you might have for Mark by simply clicking on the tab labeled Ask a Question. We're learning about spiritual ID theft today, specifically how we can allow what we own to define our worth or give us meaning based on how much or how little we have. So let's get back to this message. Here again is Mark Job on Bold Steps. Advertisements are smart. They're tapping into this longing that you and I have, this longing that every little girl has when she's small, this longing that every young man has as he's growing up. I want to be somebody. I really want to be somebody. I want to belong. I want to have worth. I want to have value. And they tap into that idea and say that you can be somebody if you purchase this that you don't have. The second thing I want you to understand about the possessions trap is this. The possessions trap lures us into thinking that our identity and our happiness will be changed by what we own. Notice what it says in verse 6. Talking about the devil. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. All the authority and splendor of what? of the kingdoms of the world, of these possessions. You see, these possessions, Jesus, have authority and power and splendor. And if you get these these possessions, this authority and power, now suddenly you will have authority and power, and I will give it to you because it has been given to me, and I can give it to anybody that I want. 
You see, the lie is this. The lie is that there is worth and value and identity that you are purchasing. And when you buy it, you get it. Uh, Let me tell you, that teenage son that you have that goes into that uh, shoe store, and you're, you're sort of directing them to the $40 tennis shoes, and he's just sort of naturally gravitating to the $120 to $150 tennis shoes, and you're saying, yeah, those are nice, but what about these? Have you, this, is, this is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. He goes over here. Yeah, but have you seen this color? I think this would good. Yeah, yeah, Dad, that's good. That's good. But these, and, and, and he's drawn to the $120 to $150 gym shoes, and he says, but these are a lot better. Now, now let me tell you, he's not thinking about the quality of rubber. He's not concerned about the, uh, the, the cushion that's in them or the resistance or durability. What he's thinking about is the guys that are at my school that are really in and really popular, they wear these shoes. And if I buy these shoes, I will be more like them because I will be somebody if I buy these shoes. Do you understand that? That what's driving him is not quality of material. What's driving that 14-year-old is I want to be somebody. And so therefore, if I buy this, I will be more somebody than if I don't buy that because all the somebodies and the popular crowd at my school, they all wear this. Because in our mind, we believe that what we purchase gives us value and gives us identity. And the reason we believe that is because oftentimes it does at a personal level. But the lie is this. The lie is it doesn't matter how you dress. It doesn't matter what you wear. It doesn't matter the brand on your clothes. It doesn't change your worth or your value. You are the same person. Have you ever been to a carnival? And at a carnival... They have the, uh, the, the wood cutout or the cardboard cutout where you can stick your head in it and uh, take a photo. Have you ever seen that? And maybe the picture is a picture of a bodybuilder. And, and, and so you, you get in there and you stick your head. And when they take the photo, it's your head on this buffed, muscle-bound body. And you see, possessions oftentimes are like that. When we buy them, it doesn't really change us, but, it, but, but we look different to people around us. It doesn't change our worth. It doesn't change our value. We're still the same people inside. It hasn't given us more or taken away, but what it does is it gives us a superficial exterior element that makes us feel good to others around us. It makes us think differently about ourselves because it's a cardboard cutout. The devil said, Jesus, hey, there is authority and splendor. What's authority? Authority is power and dominion. And what's splendor? Splendor splendor's glory. And he says, hey, if you have this, you will have glory and splendor that you don't have right now. And I can give it to you. 
You see, I can change your worth and I can change your value. You'll be a different person if you have this. You see, the big lie was this. True authority and true splendor doesn't come from the enemy. You see, real glory and real splendor and real authority comes from God. You see, the devil was over-promising and under-delivering. You see, he says, all this has been given to me, and we've talked about this before. In the Garden of Eden, who did God give dominion over all the earth to? Who did he give authority to? He gave it to Adam and Eve. And he said to them, all this is yours, and I give you dominion. That means power and authority over all the earth. And then he said, be fruitful and multiply. He gave them dominion over the earth. But then something tragic happened at the fall of man. And you remember the story how they were tempted into deception. And at that moment, man lost his power and dominion over the earth as he abdicated his rulership and he gave the keys of dominion over to Satan. You see, God said, I want you to rule this earth in my image. I want you to be full of the Spirit and rule this earth with justice, have dominion over it. But ever since then, the keys of the kingdom to this earth have been given over to someone else. In fact, it tells us several places in Scripture. For example, John chapter 12, verse 31, it calls the devil the prince of this world. In John 14, 30, it says, the prince of this world cometh. In John 16, 11, it says, O judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. He calls him prince several times. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4 says, In whom the God of this world, it calls him the God of this world. I run into people sometimes that they say, Well, how could there be a God that is good and just when there is violence and hatred and rape and poverty and bigotry and Good people get sick and bad people prosper. How can God really exist if all this is true? Well, see, what you need to understand is that God created the world and he gave dominion to man. And man advocated that dominion and gave it over to the enemy. And the Bible says now there's a kingdom of darkness that operates and rules in the world. And that's why Jesus, who is called the second Adam had to come to retake or reestablish what the first Adam failed to do. The things we own don't define our worth and value. It's a reminder we need on a regular basis, isn't it? That's Mark Job, and this is Bold Steps. And spiritual identity theft is our subject, and we're focusing on the possession trap. This marks the halfway point in the message, and we hope you'll make it back for the rest next time. Remember, if you missed the radio program, you can always log on and hear this or any message again at boldstepsradio.org. There are also links there for you to subscribe to the Bold Steps podcast or even grab the Moody Radio app, which gives you access to a whole spectrum of program and music options. That's boldstepsradio.org. And while you're on our website, be sure to request your copy of the special Bold Step gift we're currently offering, to tell us more about this resource and how helpful it is for those who are married or plan ever to be, here's Mark. Joy is a gift from God, and it's meant to be one of the staples of a healthy marriage. But for many couples today, true joy seems to be a rare experience. 
separated by long periods of conflict and often disconnect. It's something that Dr. Marcus Warner and Chris Corsi call the joy gap. And if you want to know how to fix this common marital problem and reclaim your joy in marriage, I'd like to send you a copy of their book titled, The Four Habits of Joy-Filled Marriages. This practical resource offers daily exercises and helpful tips that will encourage you and your spouse to build the habits of bonding. No matter what your relationship looks like today, this insightful guide will help you unlock the relational skills needed to foster real and regular moments of joy. So reach out today and request your copy of The Four Habits of Joy-Filled Marriages when you send a gift of any amount to support the ministry of Bold Steps. So to send your financial gift today, visit boldstepsradio.org or call us at 844-615-7363. That's 844-615-7363. You can also request your copy of The Four Habits of Joy-Filled Marriages and give your gift through the mail. Address your envelope to Bold Steps, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. Once again, that's 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. And speaking of mail, we also want to encourage you to reach out to us with any biblical or spiritual questions you may have. You can write those to Mark at the same address or simply click on the link on our website that says Ask a Question. Or leave a comment on our social media pages. Log into your Facebook or Instagram account. Search for Bold Steps Radio and let us know what's on your mind. And by the way, we now have a YouTube channel. You'll find us on YouTube at Bold Steps Radio. I'm Wayne Shepherd signing off. Don't miss tomorrow's program, where we'll be concluding our message about the possession trap. It's coming up Friday on Bold Steps with Mark Joe. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.